Good evening. Let's get these AirPods right. There it is. All right. All right. Hey. Hey. Hello, hello. Come on in, like and share, notify, and all that good stuff. Hey, 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 Papa. That's it. It's all good, ain't it? That all things work together. Let me say it. Hey, hey. Good evening, everybody. Come on in. Like, share, notify, all that good stuff. Shout it out your window. Tell your gym partner, Celeste. <laughs> everybody doing this happy bright monday evening i don't know if it's raining out there still we're getting it coming and going coming and going i know that's right pop pop good evening mom phyllis good evening so good to see you all kind of sort of indirectly so <laughs> yes indeed thank god for life Come on, I got my health, I got my strength. I'm thinking all things are working together for my good. That's what I'm thinking. You know, I danced on it, danced on it. Hey, Mom Roxanne, how y'all doing today? Oh, I see you, Mom Ruly, dancing at your house. I see you now. Go ahead. <laughs> Hey, Mom Linda, good morning, good evening. I'm going to get it right. And I know that gather for my good. Hey, that and I know Hey, sweetie pie, good evening. You can see the I know that all things work together. It's for my good. Yes. 
Come on, get it in, 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 get it in. You are listening to the Manifesting God podcast with your host, Marie Elizabeth. This podcast will uplift and thrust you into the manifestation of the promises of God in your life. Good evening, everybody. I think I lost you for a second there. Let me know if you're able to see me now. Good evening, everybody. Thank you so much for joining. You're listening to the Manifesting God podcast. I am your host, Prophetess Marie Elizabeth. It's so good to see you all. I see some familiar names, some unfamiliar names. I appreciate your time. And I thank you so much for joining me. God has definitely kept us, has he not? He has kept us yet another day. I've got my life. I've got my health. I've got my strength. Let me tell you something. What I don't have is a complaint. That's the one thing I do not have is a complaint. God has been awesome to me. Listen, and I'm sure he's been awesome to you as well. So let's do a little bit of a review. On last week, remember, we talked about when God asked a question and we discussed God's question to Israel. Remember when he asked them, what is it? you have done. Remember that because they had not torn down the false altars. This was all they were asked to do to fulfill the covenant with God was once they got into the promised land, once they walked into their promise, tear down the altars that are currently standing because they're false, because they're false. So they did not feel that request. Now, also, if you recall, I talked about the fact that we must do the same today. Today, we still have to tear down the false altars. We still have to dismantle them bit by piece, false precept by false precept, so that the chosen, that that is chosen of God can see and know a difference, especially those who are birthed through several generations. Remember we talked about that through several generations who do not know or who do not understand the Lord God. It is up to the remnant. If you're under the sound of my voice, you are the remnant. And it's up to you to make sure, it's up to us to make sure that we are showing and speaking speaking the heart of the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So what we want to do today is we want to build on that understanding. We want to build on that conversation, on that discussion. And we're going to begin to dismantle, mm -hmm, dismantle the altar bit by bit. For any, we're going to we're going to dismantle anything that's uh, man created, anything that's man made, anything that's that's not of God. By how exposing the truth of God, beginning with what I'm going to call today is first the sacrifice. That's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about first the sacrifice because this is where we start before we even before we can even fully understand what what God requires as we approach as we build an altar as they did in as they did in the as known in that tradition in the Jewish tradition in the Bible before we even before we even get to that point, we must understand the requirements of the altar. Today, I find that most don't seem to understand or either they neglect the requirements of even building an altar and they just take what they have, take whatever's in their hand and they go build it. 
and they just go build and not understanding that that is not what God wants from them. It is not what God is requiring. And then they wonder why their sacrifice has not been accepted. Understand an altar then in that time, it was a structure on which offerings were made to a deity or, and this is what caught my attention, an altar could be um, a natural object, things of the earth or man-made constructs. And this is so funny because this is what we see today. Not funny, but this is what we see today. We see altars built out of natural objects, things of the earth, man-made constructs. We don't see altars today that are constructed um, uh, by by means and for the means of making uh, an offering to a deity or giving a sacrifice to a deity. of its own character because it's made out of things of the earth, man-made constructs, natural objects. You see, here's the thing. Sacrifices represent exchange. A sacrifice represents an interaction with the Lord God. And that is the part that I find that we skip today. We skip, we skip the actual sacrificial Portion. We're going to get there. Stay with me. I'm going somewhere. Sacrifice then was essential to the act of external worship and is still essential today. It's still essential today. It matters what has happened prior to building the altar as well as what is being sacrificed on the altar. God does not need our sacrifice to survive. He doesn't need our sacrifice to survive. However, just as in the past, the Israelites needed to sacrifice in order to survive. Exodus 30 and 21. We need the performance of the sacrifice to survive. We need that. The act of the sacrifice, it moved the offering from from the profane to the sacred. It moved the offering from the profane profane to the sacred, from the visible to the invisible world. The act of worship sealed, it sealed the promises of God. Blood then was important in the sacrificial act then to be sprinkled against the altar, Leviticus 1, once a year and smeared on the horns of the incense of the altar. However, Jesus Christ today has become our permanent blood sacrifice. And while he has fulfilled his covenant to us, a requirement, an element of sacrifice, a performance of sacrifice, an act of sacrifice still remains for us. There's still a part for us to do. There's still a part for us to do. Come on, there's still a part. Let me give you an example here. Go to Genesis 12 and 1. Go to Genesis 12 and 1. And it says there, uh, the Lord had said to Abram, I'm going back to the beginning. Go from your country, your people and your father's household to the land I will show you. Now look at this, verse 2. It says, I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you. I will make your name great and you will be a blessing. I will bless you, those who bless you and whoever curses you, I will curse. I will curse. And all the people on the earth will be blessed 
through you. So we see here that Abraham had Abram has received instructions from God to go, to go from his country, go from his people, go from his father's household. He's going to go where he, God is going to show him. He doesn't know where that is yet, but he wants him to go where, and as you go, I'm going to show you. And God says, you know, on this promise, I will make you. I will bless you. I will make your name great. I will bless those who bless you. Whoever curses you, guess what? I'm going to curse them too. So he received the instruction from God, but after he received the instruction, guess what he received? The promises of God. Such is the same today. We receive the instruction from God, and then we receive the promise from God, the verbal promises of God. They are over our head in front of our footsteps right now, right now, right now. And then the issue then becomes, okay, so if the blessings of God, if God is going to make me, if he's going to bless me, if he's going to bless my name, if he's going to bless everyone who blesses me and curses everyone who curses me, how come I don't see that manifested? How come I don't see that manifested? Come on, stay with me. I'm going somewhere. Verse four, it says here, so Abram went. Ding, 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 ding. So Abram went. Have we went? Have we moved yet? Have we moved yet? See, his response was, Abram's response was in his actions. We didn't hear any words from Abram. The Bible doesn't record here for us any words from Abram. It simply tells us, so Abram went. Where have we moved? Come on, look, let's examine. When have we moved at God's instructions? Even, even after he's spoken his promises, even after he's told us, I will make you, I will bless you. I will make your name great. I'm going to bless you and everyone who blesses you and anyone who curses you, I'm going to curse them. When exactly did we move? Because the word is telling us here, Abram went. He didn't give him any mouth. He didn't give him any lip service. He didn't ask him any questions. Guess what? He didn't even build an altar. He didn't even build an altar at that time. He just went. He just went. As the Lord had told him, as the Lord had told him. And the Bible tells us that Lot went with him and that Abram was 75 years old when he set out from Haran. So we have no excuse. We have no excuse. Most of us under the sound of my voice are not 75 and up. And for those that have are, that are 75 and up, I promise you they've moved They've been moving. They've been moving. Some of them I know. Why? Because God said, I will make you. I will bless you. I will make your name great. I will bless those who bless you and curse those who curse you. And I and I and I I I, I feel honored to, to believe, just to just to just to believe God's word and know that these are people that are blessed, living in the blessings, being bathed in the blessings of God. In the, but for us who are still standing still, wondering why, why, why we don't see the manifestation of being made, of being blessed, of our name being great, and people are cursing us left and right, and we don't see any repercussion coming in their direction. The repercussion seems to be coming more so in our direction. Have we moved to that place that God has called us to? Have we moved from our country? For some, it's your country, your people, your father's household. For some, it's just simply move and get along with God so that you can simply hear the instruction of God and hear the promises of God. Because I'm telling you, if you do not, if you have not heard God tell you that I'm going to make you, I'm going to bless you, I'm going to make your name great. If you have not heard God speak his promises over your life, that means you're still standing still. You're still in your same country. You're still around your same people. Get away from the familiar people. Get away from the familiar place so that God can speak his promises over your life. 
as Abram did, go. Go as the Lord has tell has told him. And, and, and as you move, God will instruct you as to where to go. But some of us are not moving. We're not moving. We're too comfortable in our countries. We're too comfortable around our people, around our family, around our familiar friends. You know, those familiar friends that keep you stuck in those bad habits, those familiar friends that keep you stuck in the ways of your past. Go from your familiarity, go from your country, go from your people, go from your father's household and go to the land that God is going to show you. And he keeps talking. He keeps talking. Once you start putting one foot in front of the other, you'll start to hear. You'll start to hear his promises over your life. See, for, for Abraham to hear, Abram to hear the promises of God over his life, he had to be obedient. He had to be obedient. So the first part of the sacrifice is obedience. It's obedience. It's obedience. Once you obey God, you will be able to hear God pronounce his promises over your life. And it says, so Abraham went in verse four and verse five tells us he took his wife, Sarai, his nephew, Lot, all the possessions they had accumulated and the people, excuse me, they had acquired in Haran and they set out for the land of Canaan and they arrived there. They arrived there. Abram, it says in verse six, he traveled through the land as far as the site of the great tree of Morah at Sechem. At that time, the Canaanites were in the land. And then it says right there in that land where the Canaanites were, where Abram was, verse seven, the Lord appeared. The Lord appeared. The Lord appeared to Abram and said, to your offspring, I will give this land. What? Abram obeyed God and God began to pronounce his blessings over him, his promises over him. And he's still talking and he's still talking to him in the strange place, in the place that he's not familiar with, in the place that's not his country. He's still talking to them. He's still making promises to him. And now he's making promises, not only to Abram, but to his offspring, to everything that he has with him, everything that is a part of him. God is making a promise to, listen, if you move when God tells you to move and you don't reach or grab for the things that God did not tell you to reach or grab for, I promise you, God is going to increase you with what he has for you. And then he's going to bless what he has for you. He's going to bless who he's assigned to your life because why? You showed up. You moved. You moved when he told you to move. There are some people's blessings, some people's promises from God that are being held up because you won't move. You won't move to that next place and you need to know. I need to know where it is though, God. I need to know what it looks like. I need to know exactly where I'm going. I need to know exactly what to take with me. The Bible says that Abram packed up his, his relatives, his, he packed up his family, he packed up all his goods and everything they had accumulated because he took everything that he knew was his. Everything that he knew was his. He didn't take anything that wasn't his. He took everything that he knew was his and he just walked. He just walked and allowed God to speak his promises over his life and to direct his path as he walked, as he walked. And because he did that, God said to him, to your offspring, I will give this land. So now the folks with them are being blessed. His offspring is being blessed. And guess what happens right there in his place? Abraham still has not said a word, but guess what he did? So he built an altar there to the Lord who had appeared to him. So he, he was able to build the altar in the place where God showed up, where God appeared to him. Today, we are not building altars in the place where God showed up. We're building altars in the place we decide with what 
we decide to build it with. I told you a little while ago that altars can be made out of natural things, man-made substances, and that's what we have today. We have man-made substances being used by man's hands to build an altar for God where it's convenient for them to build it, not where the Lord appeared. And then we're not, then we're we're wondering why, why our altar, why our sacrifice, why our altar is 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 not producing is not producing anything it's not producing that sweet smelling savor that god wants to smell we wonder why our altars are producing a foreign fire it's producing a foreign fire because it's being built with man-made objects natural objects of this world and it's being placed in a place that god has not appeared he has not appeared. And furthermore, we're taking with us what we decide to take with us. And then we wonder why we don't see the promises of God manifesting over our lives because we've decided what we're going to offer and build for God. See, you have to understand what first precedes building an altar is obedience. Obedience. What precedes the altar is the promise then the appearance, and now we can build. See, we must obey first. We must obey first. As we obey, God begins to speak his promises over our lives. Then he speaks his promises over the lives of our offsprings. And then he appears to us. And then, and then, ain't this good? And then we can build the altar. Only then can we build the altar. Only then can we build the altar? Why are we rushing to build an altar when we don't want to follow the instructions of God? We want to build the altar before we obey. We want the promises to manifest before we obey. We want to choose the materials that we build the altar with because we're in a state of rebellion. We don't want to follow God's instructions. God's instructions and not following his initial instructions only yields only yields more disobedience, more disobedience. And then in verse eight, it says from there, after he built the altar, he went toward the hills. I mean, he went. Yeah, he went toward the hills of East Bethel and there he pitched his tent with Bethel on the west and Ai on the east. There he built an altar to the Lord. And then what? Now he opened his mouth and he called on the name of the Lord. Now he was able to communicate with God after God had appeared, after he had obeyed. Come on, after he had obeyed, after God has spoken his promises over his life, over his life and over the life of his offspring, after God had appeared, and then he built yet another altar. And now he calls on the name of the Lord. Now he can communicate. Now he can communicate with the Lord God. See, we can't communicate with a God who has not yet appeared to us. Do you understand? We cannot communicate to a, with a God that has not yet appeared to us. I submit that if you've built an altar by which you have not been obedient to the Lord Jesus Christ and, and he has not spoken his promises over you or your offspring and he has not appeared to you, then I submit the altar that you have built has been to the enemy of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now we build in satanic altars. See, it's either or. There is no black and white. We, there is no a gray. There's only black and white. We either are building for God or we're building for Satan. If we're building out of our own natural substance, where we want to build, how we want to build, with materials we want to build, then we're building to a satanic, we're building a satanic structure with satanic uh, satanic, how can I say satanic goods? Cause we're getting the goods of the world, things of the world, natural things. So we're taking satanic, we're taking worldly supplies and we're building it to Satan. It's either or. So I submit that we take a moment, 
before we start building an altar, that we make sure that we have first been obedient to God's instructions toward us. And we know that we have been obedient to God's instruction because we can literally hear God pronouncing his promises over our life. Everywhere we go, his promises are being spoken over our lives, whether in plain English, whether in biblical terms, but his promises, favor is literally following us everywhere we go. Blessings are overtaking us everywhere we go. And not only us, but our offsprings, our offspring. And the Lord, he himself has appeared unto us. Why? He pronounced his blessings, his promises over us. And he has appeared to us through his word. We now comprehend him. We now understand him. We can smell him. We can breathe him. We can touch him. And we're happy because we reached out after him and we've touched him. Then he, he has appeared to us. And because he has appeared to us, now we can build the altar. Now we can build the altar. See, it's all about understanding the process. God has a process. He is a, he is a planning God. He is a, he is, he knows, come on, we're talking about the God who knows the numbers of all the hairs on our head. We're talking about a God who knows our ending from our beginning. We're talking about the God who blew the breath of air into our nostrils and all that is in us, every vein, every function of the body came out of one breath came out of one breath. So we have to be clear on the God that we serve. And when we when we obey him, when we obey him, when we obey him, it is then that he speaks his promises over our lives. It is then that he speaks his promises over our offspring. It is then that he appears and it is then that we can build an altar. And only after we build the altar now we got communication. Now we've got communication. How are we communicating and building an altar to a God that has not appeared to us? I submit, ladies and gentlemen, you've built a satanic altar. You've built a satanic offer, altar. Tear it down bit by bit piece by piece. Why? Because first there must be the sacrifice. What's the sacrifice? Ladies and gentlemen, it's your obedience. It's your obedience. Let me give you one more example. Um, let's see. Let's go to Genesis 6 and 12. Let me give you another example. 6 and 12. Uh, let's see. God saw how, how corrupt the earth had become for all the people on the earth had corrupted their ways. Sounds a lot like right now. So God said to Noah, I am going to put an end to all the people for the earth is filled with violence because of them. I am surely going to destroy both them and the earth. In verse 14, he says, so make yourself an ark of cypress wood, make rooms in it and coat it with pitch inside and out. And then he told him in verse 15, this is how you are to build it. And he began to give him instructions, specific instructions on how he was to build it, what he was supposed to take in the ark with him. He instructed Noah of everything that he wanted Noah to do. He instructed him. He told, he gave him specific instructions. Let's go down to chapter eight and verse 20. And it says, and Noah built an altar unto the Lord. And he took of every clean beast and of every clean fowl and offered burnt offerings on the altar. Now notice I skipped and I'm in verse 820. Why? I mean, chapter eight and verse 20 of Genesis. And the part that I skipped verses uh, chapter six through verse eight, it shows Noah building the altar. He followed God's instructions. He followed God's instructions. And after he was released, he was permitted to come out of 
to come out of the ark after the water had receded and dry land had come after he sent the dove to make sure that the land was able. The dove came back. Then he sent it again. He sent the bird again. Then the bird did not come back. And he knew that he had found a resting place. So he was able to come out. And that brings us to chapter Genesis chapter 8 and verse 20, where it says, Noah built an altar unto the Lord. And he took of every clean beast and of every clean and offered burnt offerings on the altar. And the Lord, verse 21 says, smelled the pleasing aroma and said in his heart, never again will I curse the ground because of humans, even though every inclination of the human heart is evil from childhood and never again will I destroy all living creatures as I have done. Noah's obedience Noah's obedience caused God to make a promise to the entire, to the entire earth. Never again will I curse the ground because of humans. He made a promise, even though, even though the human heart is evil from childhood, never again will I destroy living creatures as I have done. Verse 22, as long as the earth endures, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night will never cease. But what came first? Noah's obedience. His obedience came first. And then it was the promises were given. And then he was able to build that altar. And then the promises are manifested. They have manifested. So what preceded the altar in Noah's case? His obedience Again, do we see a theme here? Do we see a theme here? This is why yesterday I was on my um, Apostles um, Sunday broadcast and I was talking about how the, 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 the world today, people today, quote unquote Christians, are, are, are being deceived by those who have crept in, the scripture told us, by a side door. And when they crept in, they bought, they bought in all types of, uh, of, uh, I want to quote it exactly. I want to say it. Ex oh, I logged out of my thing. Okay. So they, they, they brought in all kinds of, um, they brought in what was unpleasing to God and bringing with us, not paying, we must, I'll say it like this, we must pay attention to what is, what is creeping in and causing us to think that obedience is not necessary. That obedience is a step that can be skipped. It cannot be skipped. It is necessary for God's promises to rest over your life. It is necessary for God to appear unto you, for you to comprehend and understand God. It is necessary for those same promises that are over your life to now burst open and manifest. Obedience is necessary. Obedience is necessary. That is the first sacrifice. So when we're talking about building an altar or when we're talking about in this particular case, I was referencing how uh, in Israel, they had not torn down the corrupt altars. I'm hoping that in these examples, you will see that a corrupt altar is one, is one that is not built with obedience. It is instead built with disobedience. So the, we must tear down, we must tear down the corrupt altars of disobedience. We must tear down whatever is against God, what is, what has ever, what it, whatever has been built toward God as a sacrifice to God in disobedience. We must tear it down. How do we tear it down when our obedience is fulfilled? And we don't allow disobedience to hang around us. We don't allow disobedience to infiltrate and make us think that we can build for God without obeying God. Otherwise, you're only in deception because you are building to Satan. You are not building to the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. You are building to the God of this world. And that would be a demonic force. That would be Satan. That would be the devil. That would be who you're building to if you're building in disobedience. So if we're going to, we don't get, 
Let me say it like this. We don't get to offer God whatever we want to offer God and just think because we built it and we say we love God that that automatically makes him accepted. We don't get to do that. We don't get to just offer God what we want to offer God and then think that it should just, he's just going to take it. No, you've just built in vain. And as a matter of fact, again, you have you have succeeded in further building up the kingdom of Satan. You have further succeeded in building up the kingdom of Satan. We must get this. We must begin to understand this. We have to fight for. We have to fight for the, the we have to fight for our faith. We must we must uh the Bible says contend. We must contend for our faith. We must not allow the enemy to creep in and just slowly distort 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 our our Christian character, distort our our Christian ways. What is it going to take in this time? It is going to take some discipline, people of God. It is going to take a conscious, a consistent, conscious awareness of our situation, of the circumstances that we are in and what we allow to creep in. Because what's happening today is it's creeping in and it's creeping in so subtly that before we know it, we're supporting it. Before we're no, we know it, we are validating it. And once we validate that thing, I mean, it takes on a form of its own. And at this point now, we see what's in our pulpits today. And, and, you know, I think sometimes, you know, I had a conversation with my husband and I, and I think, and I told them, I said, it just seems as if other, other beliefs or other, uh, not Christian beliefs, other, other religions, I'll say it like that, other religions, they seem to be so much more disciplined than Christians. They seem to be, they're more willing to fight for what they believe. They're more willing. Listen, here's the, here's the thing. There, we come into Christianity and we put our fight on the back shelf. And, and what ends up happening is what we won't allow to pass in the world, in the world system, as we go to work every day, as we, listen, you, none of you would ever, would ever, uh, let's see, none of you would ever have a manager uh, be very clear that he's a pedophile or that he's a, oh, how about this, in the workplace that he has sexually um, assaulted or abused a female or a male. You would never, you would never allow that in the workplace. You would head to HR. You wouldn't take you but a minute. If that person came to you and told you that they were scared and that the manager had touched them in a, in a way that, you know, that, that they had not wanted and made advances toward them, you would escort them down to HR. You wouldn't tolerate that. But here's the thing. We'll have in our pulpits, a pedophile, a known pedophile, and we'll support them with our dollars. We'll be like, that's just Rev, and we'll just show up to that church every Sunday, knowing that that man or woman of Satan is a pedophile. We'll show up. We won't withdraw our support. And where we're going at, what God is calling for in this time is he wants to know whose side are you on? Well, get a get a discipline and get a don't give the world more of a fight than you give the things of God. We give the world, we give the we give the things of the world. If we thought that we had been cheated when we went in the store to purchase something, we would beeline it back in that store. Um, sweetie, I didn't get all my change, darling. Oh, oh, honey, you charged me this price and it was on sale. We're gonna go get it straightened out. But we'll let people, men and God, men and women of Satan, I'm not saying of God of Satan, in into our pulpits and preach a false doctrine and give you false hope and then tell you that you're going to have a million dollars by tomorrow and you will you will go, you will not pay your mortgage and drop your mortgage right there in that plate and give it to them and give it to them you won't call them on it you won't call them on it we are we must we must be clear as to as you're saying absolutely clear as to whose side we're on others need to be clear as to whose side we're on. You know, there are there are some folks that I know, I've known in the workplace that if you saw the way they behaved in the workplace, you would never know they were Christians. 
You would never know that they were Christians. How is it that we can be one way around our friends and families and, and the workplace and then be, be ever so sanctified in the house of God? Why? How is that so? Because we're building a satanic altar. It's a satanic altar. So we must consider, I'm calling on your consciousness now to consider to consider your actions, to consider your responses, and consider what you sow into, because what you're sowing into, you're reaping. And, and we see you reaping it every day because you're fortifying your satanic altar with what you're reaping. You're fortifying your satanic altar with what you're reaping. We're going to sow into godliness and godly people and godly things. We're going to sow our temperament, begin to sow our temperament into godly things. We're going to begin to, to sow our indignation into what is ungodly. Let's not let, let's not let the enemy think that he can present anything to us and that we're just going to take it. Let's not let the enemy think that he can stand up in our pulpits, tell us the false truth and we're going to we're going to sow into his false truth. We're going to give into his into his lying ways. We must stand up and take our place and begin to tear down the false altars. And we talked about this yesterday like I said on the feed that I was on for my apostle on Sunday morning. Go back and listen to that and I show you and I point out to you what this thief looks like that's coming into the house of God and and plagiarizing and plagiarizing the word of God and then benefiting off of their plagiarism. And we, the saints of God, are the one they're benefiting through. So we're going to pay attention now to altars that are built out of disobedience. And we're going to begin to deconstruct. We're going to begin to deconstruct those altars. We're not going to give those. We're not going to pray at those altars. We're not going to support those altars with our finances. We're not going to support it with our attention. We, ladies and gentlemen, in the workplace, we call it, we're pushing back. We're pushing back. We're pushing the enemy back. We're pushing the enemy back. We're going to take our voice. We're going to take our voice back. We're going to take our voice back and begin to crush the works of the enemy. Crush the works of the enemy that choose to, to rise up against the power and the authority of the Lord Jesus Christ. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining me today. Let me pray with you. Father God, in the name of Jesus, I thank you today for these called out people, this remnant, God, that are under the sound of my voice, God. And I thank you, oh God, that you're renewing our minds, God. I thank you, God, that you're giving us boldness. In the name of Jesus, I thank you, oh God, that we'll begin to shut down the works of the enemy. We'll begin to shut down his voice. We'll begin to shut down his tactics. I thank you, oh God, that we are moving into a place of discipline. I thank you, oh God, that we are moving into our place of authority and we are beginning to crush the enemy under our feet. We are crushing down his mindset. We're crushing down his subtle ways. We will no longer allow him to reign and rule in our space. We will no longer allow him, allow him to speak in our space. In the name of Jesus, I Thank you, God. I thank you, God, for our people that are rising up. I thank you, God, for our people that are getting their voice back. I thank you for our people that are getting their authority back. I thank you for our people that are walking in obedience to your will and to your way and to your purposes. I thank you, oh God, that you're speaking your promises over their lives. I thank you that these are our people of movement. And I thank you, oh God, that you will begin to show yourself to your men and women of God that are under the sound of my voice, you begin to show yourself to them that they may comprehend you, that they may smell you, that they may understand you. We, I thank you, oh God, that you're doing it in the minds of the people now. I thank you, oh God, you're covering their ear gates with your blood, God, so they can only hear your voice, oh God. I thank you, God, that you're giving them discernment so that they can know the enemy's tactics and know his ways. I thank you, God, that you're putting some base in their voice that they will begin to speak up, speak up, 
speak up. I command their, their mouths to open and their voices, their voices to shut down the works of the enemy. I command strength of God to be in their feet, that they would crush the works of the enemy under their feet. I thank you, oh God, that these are an obedient people and they're going, you're going to appear unto them and you're going to speak your promises over them and they're going to build the altar of God and they're going to tear down the satanic altars and the satanic way places. I thank you, oh God, for this called out people. I thank you, oh God, and I bless your holy name. In Jesus' name I pray. I thank you so much for joining me on this evening. Thank you for joining me. And I will see you on next Monday at the same bat time, same bat place. You all have an excellent week and you be blessed. I mean, remember what we talked about on today. Remember what we talked about today and remember that God is with you. You do not have to fight this battle alone. God is with you. You just have to stand. You just have to stand. You just have to stand. Thank you for joining me. Thank you so very much for joining me. Come on, don't let go. Don't let go. Don't you ever let go, don't you ever let go, don't you ever let go, don't you ever let go. 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 Don't you ever let go.